0: Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it.
1: This episode does not have any major spoilers outside of Blood and Honey, but there is mention of Shadow and Bone, The Vampire Diaries, The Crown of Gilded Bones, Throne of Glass, Harry Potter, and Crescent City.
0: and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing Blood and Honey, book two in our little audio versus reading experiment. So if you're new here, Jess, why
1: don't you refresh us? So we had an episode a couple weeks ago talking about the difference between our reading experiences, whether you listen to your book via audio or physical or whatever way you decide to consume the book world. That being said, with Gods and Monsters coming out, we thought it would be a good idea to kind of... Basically conduct our own experiment in our opinions of the Serpent and Dove series. So Laura, as this is a reread for her, she went ahead and listened to Serpent and Dove and Blood and Honey on audio while I was reading the physical book to see if if our opinions, what the experience would be like, if our opinions would differ or change or what have you. So here we are in our Blood and Honey episode. Um, and Laura, she listened to this one and I read this one.
0: And I think everyone should be very clear. I do not like this book. I do not like this series. Jess,
1: tell me your opinion. Oh my God. It was the way I felt with, The first book. I don't want to say I liked the first book. I think Lou carried the first book. I think that's why I liked it. Did I like the book itself? Mm. But did I like Lou? I like. I liked Lou, and I also casting her because Peachy Queen cosplay had has done so many cosplays and reels and TikToks. I had her in my head the whole time, even when I. So that was that was a really good point of reference. The fan art was a good point of reference for me for read. I didn't like their relationship then. I like it. E- I, I dislike it even more now. This book was fr- this was a very frustrating book to me. I have opinions. I have annotated notes, so I don't want it to come across as people who are frustrated with reading and then they have nothing to back it up. Because that's not what this is. It's just, I mean, this episode will probably sound like a bitch fest. So if you do love the book, it's up to you if you want to keep listening, because I think everybody has a different way of, you know, hearing both sides to the story. You know, you could still like something, but respect where somebody else is coming from. I think that that's a good precursor and kind of disclaimer as we go into this episode.
0: We mentioned it, or well, I I brought it up to you in our previous Serpent and Dove episode, Uh. Is Lou Reed's Manic Pixie Dream Girl?
1: Yes. I feel like that was solidified here in this episode, because even there's a line that is said right in the beginning where his mom says to him to Reed about just the LeBlancs in general, Morgaine and, and Lou... They're wild and free and excessive. Excessive. They're addictive. They consume us and make us feel alive. And that just remind that Right at the beginning, at the top of the story. And that right away, I think I was... I, it remi- reminded me of the conversation that we had last week. But then, I don't know if I was kind of... Wi- there were times where she was just frustrating, the mom. Helene was. Because sometimes I'm thinking, oh my god, read... You've known her for two point two seconds, and you're straight up mama's boy. You, clearly, you have childhood trauma. You need to be in therapy. You are seeking love, like love from anywhere else but yourself. And then other times, I just she had her own her own agenda. I think,
0: and she. So you could say that one of the themes of this book would be like uh, accepting yourself, and then another theme would be. Looking at the world through rose-colored glasses, which is uh, they like say that later on in the book, and um, Helene absolutely is looking at uh, August with rose-colored glasses, the King and Reed too, and it's just it's just so incredibly frustrating. Like all of this, all of this is so incredibly frustrating. Um, Reed even says later on in the book, like when we when we get like like a point one of spice like there's just there's just nothing here right yeah don't um,
1: expect spice i mean yeah ex-
0: there, there's nothing there's nothing here but he says uh reed says to lou like you make me feel alive it's like uh you he, wh- uh it's so fucking frustrating
1: anything was going to make him feel alive he grew up in a monastery
0: for real <laughs> for real uh, uh okay okay Okay. okay. <laughs> so I think I mentioned in our last episode that this book was a lot of like side quests and you don't actually get to the plot until the end, right?
1: The last 60 pages, I feel like like the whole time, there, there were a lot of things in this book where I, where I was thinking, oh my gosh, all these stories. How does everybody keep dying and coming back to life? That was frustrating. And that's coming from me. I want a happy ending for... I always love a happily ever after. And that that kept happening. And then, of course, Ansel dies. And I go, okay, well, shot myself in the foot there. But it was just... I, I don't know. I didn't, I, I, it wasn't for me. I don't know if the side quest, and then we were talking about the side quest and I'm thinking of how that's your preferred method of playing video games. So I go, okay, this might be, this could have been up Laura's alley with all the little side quests. It was all over the place. It honestly felt like it was all over the place. Yeah. All
0: over the place, like meandering, kind of weird. Um And, as I told you earlier, Claude Devereaux has a broken back from carrying this book. He he was the the like guiding light, the the saving everything. He he was great. I loved his reveal at the end. Um he he was the best part of this book, hands down. Easily. Oh my god. I cannot wait for you to get to the audio so you can hear what the narrator does with him because
1: <laughs> Is oh it good God. at least? Is that okay? I will say nothing. Oh lord, um, I you know at first I mean immediately upon him entering the page, you knew something was up. I didn't know if it was good or bad. I go, this guy is trouble, and you knew it. You knew it. Well, you assume he's trouble right off the bat because they're suppo- He approaches them, and that that should put anybody on high alert, and it did. Um, but then when they later approach him to help, basically, hey, can you take this guy off my back to, to take Reed? You knew there. I was like, this isn't going to be terrible. This is because he already knows magic exists. He already knows who she is. He hasn't turned anybody in. There's a there's a bigger thing going on here. I didn't know what it was.
0: The only thing that I found relatable in this book is when Lou almost burns all of her hair off, dyeing it blonde. I was like, hey, I know exactly what that feels like. Uh, that's the only part that I related to in this book at all. I don't mean to just like shit on it constantly. It just was not for me in any way, shape or form, which is so interesting because like if you look at it objectively, all the pieces are there, right? You got witches, you got blood witches, you got like France, You have, um, you know, like the church is involved and religion is involved. You have old gods and goddesses are there. Werewolves. They mention mermaids. I didn't see any goddamn mermaids.
1: Yeah, the politics. Like if you bullet pointed all these things out on paper, you'd be like, I'm going to eat this shit up. This is absolutely up my alley. But it's not there. That's how I felt with Shadow and Bone. I know people love it. I know I don't and they don't just love it. They live it. They breathe it. They love and live within the Grisha verse. I totally respect that. I don't get where, but again, it's not written for me. So it it was interesting to do this YA read at this point a little bit more objectively. And as opposed to where I'm usually on one end of the spectrum when it comes to how passionate I am about the books that we've been reading. I found myself on the other side of the spectrum where I was frustrated a lot. And whereas with The Serpent and Dove frustration came a lot with the patriarchal society, the frustration came a lot with Reed and him trying to fix Lou and not accepting her as what she is. I mean, he was trying to tell her basically, we can fight for it. If I win, you don't use your magic anymore. And if I win, I'll, I'll, I'll reluctantly learn how to use it. And that was really frustrating. And again, I refer back to like the last week's episode, because we even talked about if this was a relationship in the real world, would this sustain? And it wouldn't. I mean, you granted you do have relationships like this that I don't want to say they sustain. They more or less agree to be miserable and complacent in the rest of their relationship. However, that's just that, that was even more ingrained here. Like there's going to be that resentment. And then, of course, I'm screaming and go, You're being a little bitch. There is a bigger, there are bigger things at play. You don't. And he goes, Not only will I. Do I not want to learn magic? I won't. What? There, People are going to die. There's going to be a massacre. And you won't want to do the little, the smallest thing, even if it was like, this is a temporary fix. This is a band-aid. But when everything's said and done, I'm out. It's just, it, it's just like, Re- Lou did the same thing when she looked at the bigger picture and she wanted life or death. She goes, I choose life. And what am what's what's the band aid? I'm not gonna get ma- I'm not gonna use magic for X amount of years, so I'm not traced.
0: What is so hard about that? I love your passion. They are to me one of the most toxic couples I have ever come across in reading. And I know people would be like, oh, but but but, hear me out. They don't know each other at all, right? they everything that they know was like based on a lie and like slowly things start to come out but yeah, he Reed even says like you're keeping secrets again you need to tell me all your secrets it's like but no i do not because she knew how he would
1: react and he did it again when baz showed up he's like it's st- the deception still hurt at that time, when she took Baz's memories, they had nothing. There was not even a relationship. So how are you going to penalize him? Her? How is he going to penalize her when nothing was even established? I, of course he, she took his mer- memories. Yeah, because she was saving her and her best friend. My passion comes from my frustration. She's just a dumb fuck. He's so stupid. And it's not even that,
0: like the two of them together, there, there's a TikTok that is like, you know, you have individually smart people and then you put them together and like all their brain cells die and
1: they have to share <laughs> one
0: between the two of them. Yeah, but that's
1: usually because it's like they're, you're joking. You're, the way I've seen that audio is because it's your group of friends. Like, yeah, we all are very like our group. Like, we are all very smart individuals. Put us together. We are on the phone. For quoting Grandma's boy, like
0: <laughs> laughing. But I think it's applicable here because, like, think about it. They they don't know each other very well. She's a witch. He's a witch hunter. Like cliche, you know, whatever. But they are willing. I would say Lou is willing to risk everything for him.
1: What is he? What, what is he risking? Honestly, like,
0: nothing. He he. Like you could say, oh, he gave up his whole life. He murdered
1: his father. Okay. 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 Fine. Yes. She was dying anyway. Like, if you weren't willing to come to her rescue, and oh, you know what bothers me about him, amongst other things, he everything comes down to feeling like he has this duty and like honoring something. He goes, "We're married. I made a vow." Okay, but you know how many people lean into that whole, I made a vow, and that doesn't mean you're happy. I mean, think of all the, I mean, there's a reason people get divorced, and I don't mean that in a pessimistic sort of way. If everybody honored their vow, that's, you're doing something not because you want to, it's out of obligation. And that's where, that's where I have, like, don't be with me because you feel obligated to be with me at this point. Like, fuck you. I can do without the obligation.
0: They're not even legally married, as his mother points out over and over again because she used a fake name. Um, I, I see them as this couple that thrives in chaos, right? They will do anything to, to get each other back because there's always danger. But as you said, if they settle down and have, like, a mundane life they'll hate each other right like they they need something to focus on to distract them from their own like problems uh and it's just it's just so
1: it's you're focusing on the external components because the second you start reflecting internally on like the actual issue again like this is if we're like creating it to real life um that's when shit's gonna hit the fan and then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to kind of come to terms with what what's really going on between you two as a in a relationship
0: and also i just want to point out that they use sex as a huge like distractor right because they they wanted to fuck in the pool and Mm -hmm. and they get caught and then he has to you know kill the chasseurs and you know that's a whole thing and then they fuck in The like right before the yeah like right before all the shit goes down and they go into the tunnels and and Lou says like and I felt complete it's like oh I hated
1: that like we we came together but they it didn't they clearly the author this is why she meant it as a joining. Yeah. Of each other.
0: Yeah, like they're, they're, and it was like, uh, what was broken is now fixed, and we created something new together. It's That's
1: like, like people who have babies. Yeah. Because it's like, exactly. like like a save me baby.
0: Mm hmm. It was, that was exactly what I was thinking. And then right after that, you know, right after that, Lou, uh, tricks Reed, bars the door with magic, and like goes off to save, you know, you know, Self-sacrifice at a sacrifice
1: trope. Yeah,
0: like on her own. Just, oh, he's, he's just so frustrating. I just can't stand him. The only, <laughs> the only part of him that I like understand and acknowledge and appreciate is that he, was dealing with killing his father. And he says, and that's why I appreciate it, he says, like, you know, I really made this plan, really, my subconscious, just to get me back here for the funeral. I didn't realize, like, how much I needed this closure and the funeral until I got here. So, like, he, I understand that. I get that. But everything else about him is just trash. He's a trash person. He's a trash. Ugh.
1: What frustrated me about... (laughs) Maybe that's just the whole grief of it all. Was they it, it was written as if oh let me just go to the funeral and then everything's fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Then
1: and I didn't and I guess seeing such a difference in writing the way Tracy Dion did in, in Legend Born and seeing the way this is written in handling grief vastly, vastly different. So I I also didn't respect that. I I don't know if respect is is the right word for me personally. I just, it felt very dismissive of, you know, this is a paternal figure in this person's life because that's how he was raised. And all of a sudden it's just like, go to the funeral and then you'll be fine. What?
0: (laughs) It's all, it's all just like complete horseshit. I really thought reading this the first time that I was going to like This group as a found family. I was like, they're gonna come together and be a found family. They're still not. No, they're still not even. Not not even close. Oh my god! Just like, what even is this? It. uh, I don't know. All I have to say is the the double cross betrayal at the end. I was like, finally something happened.
1: (laughs) You know, speaking going back to the found family trope for a second, it frustrated me with Coco because they're not a found family. Every time somebody was in peril, physical danger, they leaned into Coco to be like, hey, bring them back to life. Hey, can you do something? Hey. And this is happening. Bonnie after
0: Bennett. The- Bonnie Bennett. Yes.
1: Yes. And it frustrated me because now they know what it means when she's saving, what it means that when she's exerting herself to save these people. And they still freaking do it. And I mean, granted, that is the same thing as Bonnie Bennett. They know what, what the risks are and they still have these demands of her. Um, and it was really frustrating because people who weren't even her friends, let's take Lou out of it. Can you do something? I, like, for me, I know it's, I mean, maybe I'm just a shitty person. At some point, I would be like, I could not for you (laughs) yeah like
0: where where's the line right like you have to and this kind of maybe because we're like a little bit older and we can like see but like there has to be a boundary right there has to be a line because you can be like self-sacrificing to a point but at what point does your like self-preservation kick in I, I, oh, my God. Like, like Coco, correct me if I'm wrong, because I was just angry during this whole reread, so I'm, like, <laughs> blinded by rage. Uh, like, Coco was, like, stabbed in the stomach or something, right? Like, she she's, like, bleeding out. She was getting hurt, too. And she's still, like, let me near her. I'll, I'll fix him. Like, I'll fix him. Like, with the werewolves, I think, right? I was just like, what are you doing? These people don't appreciate you. They, oh. Uh, and her whole, the whole Ansel thing with her i i just was just so frustrating the,
1: ugh. ugh, with the where she was like i wanted to love him i kissed him twice blah 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 to see if it really that part of him not
0: even that just like i understand reveling in the attention of somebody and you not actually like liking them like i i get that i'm a bad person but just the way that everyone treated Ansel, like all he wanted to do was be useful, right? That's all he wanted to do, and they treated him like shit. Everyone treated him like shit. You would think Lou did. I think Lou. Uh, I think she was only nice to him, like out of spite. Like I'm gonna be nice to him oh. and and train him because you know he was a chasseur, and like fuck them. You know I'm gonna I'm gonna oh. turn this other one because. Yeah, I that's how I read it. Um, you know, he's young. He's he's
1: much younger. Yeah, and he's not a chasseur. He was training to be because he never mm-hmm. even did the tournament or whatever. He was just yeah. he, he was basically in the qualifiers.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, that that was something else that really really bothered me. Um I'm, I know I'm angry. I'm jumping all over the place. Uh when Reed when they're going to the Werewolves, right? And uh he has the the bone werewolf bone dagger and then and then he's he's telling Lou he's like oh well I didn't like come you know I stumbled upon the pack like I, I lied I lied to you to impress you just
1: like, yeah. uh, How come he's, how come there, where's that yeah, double standard? Exactly. Where's that? Oh, I, okay. Like, okay. I'm not saying he wasn't peacocking because whatever, whatever, but to the double standard of, she you lied to me, but I left you, but that's no big deal, but you betrayed me. What? Yeah. And <laughs> he you...
0: murdered a child. Like, let's not, I mean, I think, I think this son was older a- and, and Adrian, Adrian. I think he was like older, but like, he he wasn't like a grown ass adult. He
1: wasn't grown. They they made it a I, I don't remember the exact language, but they made it a point to say he was young. Yeah. And he was a young child. Yeah, so you like straight
0: up I honestly I wanted Blaze just to like fucking end somebody. You know, not Bo, not Coco, not Lou, not Ansel, but like someone else. Just just destroy them. Just oh my god, it was so fucking frustrated. Where are the mermaids?
1: Where are the mermaids? Why would you bring that up and then nothing? What am, I mean? Obviously, at this point, to seed for the next, I would hope, I would assume, you know. But I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated, and it's not because it's. I need. I'm. Fr- you know, when you read a book, and I'm trying to think, like with the end of Crown of Gilded Bones, we were frustrated with some of the choices we were they, that were made, but. We could not wait for the next steps, right? You were just frustrated that it's over with some of the choices, but you also wanted more. I'm frustrated with this as a body of work.
0: I'm frustrated we have to read the next one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of another book that, what, that has recently been reannounced that it's been picked up by a streaming service. And they've had the, like, the rights had been, Elizabeth, ooh, yeah, Elizabeth Banks has had the rights in production for some time, and then they re they reannounced that it's going to a streaming service, and we just DNF'd it. I did the first two books, it wasn't for me, ergo, we don't continue. Here we are having to continue this book that I was so, I don't wanna, again, I don't want to say, I was gung-ho for Lou's character and her fuck the patriarchy and now it's just this book. I got to deal with Reed again. I don't want to fucking deal with him. Like he's like he he's really pissing me off. He he's every everything about him is just go to therapy. You have your shit to deal with. The way the women are written, they could be so much stronger. How come every what, this feels like it's written from a male point of view in the respect Fact that not even the respect, the way the women are written, everything's like, oh my god, my I, I'm broken because of a man. No, there's gonna be a lot. Like, don't get me wrong, we've all been heartbroken at some point, but there are other things that are gonna break me a lot harder than heartbreak.
0: I mean, let women be powerful, right? Let let them be powerful, and I think Lou's mom is a very like one dimensional villain to me. Like she, like everyone said, oh, like oh, she was good, and now she's crazy. Like she's crazy.
1: That's just what it is now. Well, this goes back to our villains episode where you can have these these depth. And deep backstories of vil- of male villains, and uh, you know, and even with what we're re- in, in the books that we read, you understand even the Darkling, because the Darkling at the at the end of the day is not really morally gray. I think we've we've uh, agreed to that. But having a little bit of the backstory from the book and then visually from the show, you're like I I do understand, or even like history with Ivan the Terrible, you're like he was terrible but now you have a little bit you we we know some of these actual backstories you're not getting that with more gain you get like a little just like a tiny slice uh with um
0: the wood, wood, wood rose
1: but also i mean a little bit with the whole the way the magic works the given exchange the the new the equality of the balance of everything um or if you give up a memory If you take a memory, you give up one of yours. So obviously, like we are create to an extent, we are created from our memories. Other times we've compartmentalized so much that we don't even realize that the memories are there. So you can't really say, like, oh, that created you who you are. Well, could it? Because I didn't even remember. I locked that 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 shit was under lock and key. But Ellie, my I gasped when Reed says with disdain, you're not a monster. You're just like your mother. You're just like your mother. I was, gonna I was like, you piece of shit. That is, like, that is a low blow. <laughs> oh.
0: And especially because when he says that, she has gone through the, like, she has the white hair. And, like, so she's, like, physically resembling her mother. And then to, like, say it again, it's just like. Oh my God. And then he knew what
1: he was, and like the part, and part of it, I was so mad. And then the other part of it, I know I've, I know somebody's, if I know somebody's emotional trigger, I'll go there. I might not mean it, but I'll go there. So I was so mad at him, but then I was like, but I'm so guilty of this too. But also, like, I think in the context
0: of this story, right? It's, it's about how, which is like shitty, like magic. Magic isn't good or evil it just is and it's like the, up to the wielder to like choose how to
1: use it. I like that. Yeah, like Which that. is but that is magic. That is, I mean mm-hmm. granted you have stories of like dark magic and stuff. But the people who are tapping into dark magic are typically doing darker things. So Yeah, it's just
0: oh my god. But then like Lou, okay some of my favorite parts of this book were when Lou just lost control, right? Like I love a powerful woman who just, just doesn't give a fuck, right? So when she ices over the, the werewolf swamp, right? And she's like, her eyes are cold and dead. Although I don't like that she burned Coco; That was not cool. But, um, you know, later on, but just Lou using her power to like make change right and to kind of like put everything more or less like on an even playing field okay fine but she's doing it all for reed because he is incapable of doing it himself because he hates himself so much because uh he hates his his magic and then he oh it made me so frustrating because like uh i don't i don't know how it was in in the that, like, the written word. But, like, his little voices that he hears, like, Seek us, seek us, seek us. Like, it's just italicized. okay. Yeah, so it's like, and he, like, actively pushes it down and is like, no, no, no. But then when he's desperate enough, he'll use it. It's like, ugh, you're such a piece of crap.
1: That's repeated. And that even when Baz came to attack, everybody was frustrated at Helene LaBelle, his mom, because... They said, like, oh... She goes, well, I was just trying... I didn't use my magic because I was waiting for him to tap into his magic. And they keep leaning into him, hoping that something's going to spark it. He's just being thick-headed about it. I don't want to do it. Because... And then, ugh, and then, like, he doesn't want to use his magic, but then he gets butthurt about his Belisarda, and he's like, without my Belisarda, I was nothing. Okay, identity crisis with your fragile masculinity. Like, I don't have a weapon, I am not a man
0: it's just like a nice metaphor for penis, right? Like Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just like an extension of his dick. He's like, Oh, I don't have it. Oh oh and then he's like, and I have Jean Luc's and it's not the same. It's, it's not a- mine. <laughs> it's a shit like, get
1: over yourself. I was kind of reminded me of initially because how I was reading it, I go, Are 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 the Belisardas is it like the wands in Harry Potter where you can use it but they don't call to you? <laughs> I was very
0: it's like. But no, they're, just, not. they're not. And no, that no, they're not. No,
1: they're not. they 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 have magic. We know they have magic. But the the Belisarda does not choose the wielder the way the wand does. So, again, another extension of dick. Um, but <laughs> it's just I, – I feel like if you're going to look at this critically, you could rip apart these last two books in a women and gender studies class.
0: Oh, easily, easily. My favorite um, WGS professor just retired, so I'm sad Aww. that she won't have uh, the opportunity because she would just eat this up. Somebody that I actually felt like genuinely um, bad for was Seeley. Seeley uh, gets kidnapped and has to spend like two weeks in the coffin of her slowly decomposing sister, and is like covered in dead body fluids. <gasps> Gross. And and Lou is like she will never recover from this.
1: Honestly, mentally, even if I was physically okay, just kill me at that point. Because yeah. mentally, you will... I don't care how much therapy you're in. You don't... You, you can't recover from that mentally. I, I don't want to say can't. God forbid this has happened to somebody that who is listening. It's just... To have that image replayed in your head over and over again, to live those moments, it's just... It's awful.
0: No, it, it's terrible, right? And, and yeah, and and Lou, like, acknowledging, like, this This is really terrible. However, Lou and Reed, when Jean-Luc, like, bursts in, is like, they have Celie. And, like, they're weird, like, I don't, it's not like jealousy, but it's like. Who? Uh, Lou, Lou and Lou and Reed, right? Because we get both of their perspectives. And Lou's like, Seely, And then Reed is like, well, I don't. Love her anymore, but I feel a certain way. And like, she, you know, she's with Jean Luc. And like, I don't.
1: That whole. I do. I do love when luke called Jean Luc out on his shit. He's like, like, like Oh, oh you, did you fucking you her? her? Yeah. <laughs> I love it's like And he goes, Uh, uh, that's a yes and everybody nobody saw it she saw through the bullshit and she goes well makes sense you've always you've always gone after read sloppy seconds that's what i That's that's see that was when book one lou jumped out and i go yes like that's that's the lou that i like that's the lou that made me like book one
0: and, and she and that's kind of the only time we see book one lou it is right there um because she, she's just, she becomes this codependent, toxic person
1: who uh, just, like, loses the big picture, right? In a way, Reed created that, though, because that's what he wanted, and her love for him kind of superseded who she was as a person. She made him the priority instead of herself. And it's okay, and and I say that not to sound like, oh, if you focus on yourself, you're a selfish person. No, any any therapist will tell you that you need to be able to save yourself before you can help others. They tell you that on airplanes all the time. You need to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. How are you supposed to give out, you know, pieces of you in a healthy way if you're completely codependent and invested in somebody else instead of using that on yourself
0: and i can see maybe a little bit of where lou is coming from because like to her reed is like this upstanding moral you know he's tall (laughs) tall redhead and that's like her her, like, goal, right? She's like, you know, it, he will make me a better person, and I I want this, like, end with him. Because she already has all that negative self-talk. Exactly, exactly. And on the flip side, Reed is like, you make me feel alive. I was dead before. And, like, you know, you, this, like, life that we have, um, you know, together. So, like, I, I can see they're very like horrible perspectives of each other i mean that's not healthy
1: okay well then let's i think the fact that we're acknowledging that is i mean we acknowledge that they're toxic and we agno- you acknowledging where you understand where those like how those pieces of the puzzle fit and why
0: yeah i mean because i can see that i can see you know coming from like she she was like uh I want to say street rat. That's not what I mean. She's like a thief, like on the street, you know, and like she she has this goal and he's like her shining knight who came and like, you know, saves her and everything. And and she is a Manny Pixie dream girl. So like I I get it, but it's awful. And it is, as you said, not sustainable. And I cannot see them settling down together and having a boring, mundane life and and being Happy. There's just there's just too much. This is also kind of my problem with the end of the Hunger Games. Um, just you know, throwing it out there. Uh, just it's like you're trauma bonded, right? And and you're and because you're trauma bonded, you are afraid to let go of that because then you are alone.
1: You don't know how to exist outside of that, especially when it's not just you know. Tip. I don't want to say typically. You have relationships that have one singular trauma that is shared, and there's going to be an attachment. This has had oh, – what they've gone through in the last couple weeks, months, whatever. Fortnite. <laughs> there we go. They say it over and over, <laughs> over again. Over and over again. It has, It is reoccurring in, di- like, every single – so it's just it, – it's infusing that bond even more and you know his mom even says she goes this is going to be your life with her this if you're with her this is going to be the rest of your life you're going to be running and hiding and fighting and you're like she's not again like sometimes you're frustrated but you're like she's not wrong Mm -mm. she's not wrong
0: Uh, another male character that bothered me in this book was Bo. what happened to Bo? he became this like whiny like weird i don't know like i really liked him like he was jealous over ansel yeah it was it was just so weird and then like i i I understand having as we said earlier rose colored glasses dealing with like parental figures and like having that ripped out from him and like that kind of like trauma i I understand Bo in that moment but all of his bitching and whining I just didn't I just didn't understand. And he's like, I'm not an actor, I'll do your sums. Like when he's part of the carnival or whatever. It was just like we and, and uh when Reed was shirtless, like with the knives and stuff, all I could think of was Lorkin. Me too Yeah. I was like, Oh, it's another seven foot tall shirtless man throwing knives. Oh, it's
1: Lorkin. I can do with a Lorkin a lead novella. Easily. I don't want a novella. I did. I did want a bow novella with with Coco. Yeah. N- not but not this bow. No, not, not this. book two. What happened to the characters? Like what's that what's that t- t- talk sound? What happened to the original plot line? <laughs> That's what this feels like.
0: Yeah, it, it really does. It's just ugh, whoa. Blood witches eating hearts. Cool. Blood witches I was gonna say it doesn't
1: surprise me. Yeah,
0: no, cool. Uh, I like the Blood Witches' funeral um, kind of traditions. I, I liked that. Uh, I don't like how the Blood Witches are, you know, like starving and freezing and, and it's all Coco's fault,
1: right? Like, I don't like that. I was going to say, that was, I I didn't understand. Yes, she left, but what difference would it have made if she stayed because she's just the princess. Let's not forget that Leauvesson is the queen. So technically, that's some queen shit she needs to handle. Why are you passing it off to to the princess? Yeah, like I
0: I did I did not understand. However, the grimoire uh, reminded me of the uh, care of Magical Creatures Hagrid book. Oh yes, yes, it, yes, yeah, because of the skin and it like moves, it moves and stuff. She was like, "Is this weird that I feel like." It's a lie. <laughs> She's like no, because it, it's totally weird. <laughs> like, it is. It is weird. Um, the the wraith. Um, what what's her name? Nicolina.
1: Oh yes, I yeah, Nicolina or Nicholina. I don't know. I think I read it, Nicolina. Yeah.
0: Um, she she was interesting. I I like was creeped out and was intrigued by her, and I liked her sing song like kind of prophecy situation.
1: She always was singing in like poems Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it was very eerie but she was interesting i think is what it is like there was so little that was interesting in this story but like she she was interesting it's like her and claude and and, uh the twins uh
1: The brothers the
0: brothers like they they were great they were great
1: i thought okay i like the (laughs) matagotts They're like nobody. To, I I don't know. I like the idea. There would be like these little cat. There was like a cat and then a bat, maybe, and then one turned into like a something else. I can't remember. It's there like were a three f- fox? A fox. I think a fox. Yeah. And I thought it was like in the beginning of the book. You know, you hear about the Madagots, and you hear that you know they really only appear to troubled souls. And so you had the one that appeared with Reed in the beginning, Absalon, mm-hmm. and always followed him. And then you find out that you know Lou goes off, and Absalon starts following Reed. Uh, starts following Lou, and you're like, okay. And you know, everybody's shocked, and like, how does nobody realize that she's the troubled soul? And then they keep appearing, and I'm and they're like, oh, people have heard about one Madagot following a person, let alone multiple. Like how does nobody realize that she's carrying the whole? Like she's carrying a lot of shit right now, but I like the idea of like the pets. Just like I don't know, maybe I just you just want I really pet? wanted a pet. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. I, and they like do
0: messages for her and like kind of like otters
1: in Crescent City. Yeah,
0: they kind of like scout you know out. She names them all, and everyone's like, "You name them?" It's like, yeah, I fucking named them. Like they're
1: with me yeah, all Absalom. the time. Brigitte and Charles. Yeah. I remember I was reading, I was reading, It said something about Charles and I go, who's Charles? Like I could have, and then, and then it's, oh, that, that's the one who did the mess. I go, oh, it's the other Madigat. Yeah. It,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um. So Lou obviously has a lot of trauma and she has a lot of trauma with her mother. And wow, her mom is, as we said, kind of a one dimensional villain and is pretty shitty. What do you think?
1: Well, I, I even put in the notes how her, some some things that, the way her mom acted, like, let's just, I mean, where do you begin? The fact that she was born to die, which is so similar to some of the other books that we've read. Um, I won't go there because I'm, tr- I'm trying to be spoiler free this this episode, but, I mean, cliche mother who's always gaslighting her kid, right? I mean, oh, you would do that to me? And I'm your mother. You know, every everything that she said, it was always backed with, but I'm your mother. You're literally trying to kill me! You know, we talk about, like, even as adults, we're still trying to learn how to create boundaries for ourselves and the parental figures in our lives, here she is trying to do it. It's just very frustrating. I mean, she's not a good, like you said, very one-dimensional, but I can't help but think there needs to be a little bit more of a backstory. Again, though, with Wood Woes, and, you know, you find out about, like, there, there was the one guy that she dated where she opened the cadaver put rocks in, and sunk at the bottom of the melancholy lake. Like, what? But I I feel like some of these backstories, and maybe, I don't, maybe that's me wanting to know more about her character, but I I was frustrated that every time that this uh, Morgaine was upset, it was at the hands of a man.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. And you say gaslighting. So um, Morgan is always like, you know, you're my, like, I'm your mother. I'm your mother. But then she screams at Woodwoe's like, she's his. She's not mine. Like, she could have been ours, but she's not ours. She's his. So, like. It's weird. Like, she doesn't take ownership of Lou, but then she expects Lou to, like, love and respect her as a mother. It's like classic gaslighting. Like,
1: what the absolute fuck is that? Just, ugh. I gave you a roof over your head. Are you telling me I'm a terrible mother? Yes. Like, yes, I, yes. I
0: kind of am. Yeah. It's just absolute, absolute trash. I, I just cannot. Like, ugh. What, What is the test? Ben, the Bendel test where like two right. women have to have a talk not mentioning a man. Like uh, does this pass? No. No, it doesn't. No. God. Ugh. Um, so Reed Reed doesn't
1: Bechtel test.
0: Bechtel test.
1: test. I was like, Bendel. Why do I know Bendel? T- I'm thinking of Henry Bendel, like the first. Bechtel,
0: yeah. I knew I knew it was close
1: a uh, Bechdel test of work must feature at least two women. These women must talk to each other and their conversation must concern something other than a man. A lot of Hollywood movies fail at the Bechdel test miserably, but yeah. the Oxford Dex definition.
0: It's true because they're mostly written by men. Hmm. So yeah, there's only, yeah, there, there, there are examples. There, there are examples. Uh, look them up. It's fascinating. Um. So Reed hates himself. He... Does he hate witches? I think so. R- 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 I think right? so. I think so. I think he... I think he hates himself most of all. And I think he hates that um Lou won't change for him. I You know, she won't become this, like, version of her that he has in his head because she's <sighs> using magic. No, go.
1: I, you know what? I, I don't know why I just clicked on. It's like when... Vampire Diaries, foilers. Um, it's like when Stefan and so Elena is already a vampire. She's with Damon, kind of. They're like whatever they are right now. And Stefan wants to get the cure because he wants Elena to be back to the, the perfect version for him. Not what makes her best, not what's what Elena wants to be or what makes Elena happy he wants Elena to himself and the perfect version of Elena is human version of Elena and that's what this is and he that was that was the Elena that Stefan loved and Damon loved her in every aspect of who she was because quote unquote the darker side of Elena is like what Stefan likes to refer to it as that's still part of her it's you know it was just kind of like brought out more as a vampire and so like damon loved her as a human damon loved her in the afterlife damon loved her as a like he loved every facet of her and stefan couldn't accept that and then it brings me back to the lou said that or not lou reed said this quote like this internal dialogue where he goes perhaps lou wasn't like other witches perhaps they were like her where the fuck have you been? Yes, you stupid piece of shit. Oh, he's a trash man. He's just—he's <laughs> just so Why do, bad. Okay, like honestly, I—I—I I, I don't want to say I don't want to offend anybody because at this point we probably have. But honestly, what is it about their relationship that is so appealing? Or is it that we are older and maybe we would have kind of been sucked into this? When we were lose age too, because I'm telling you, if somebody told me, oh, my gosh, you make me feel alive. You're everything I ever wanted. You give me such a zest for life. Those were some nice things to hear. But then I think we've all seen 500 Days of
0: Summer. So we know how that ends, right? I haven't. You haven't seen 500 Days of Summer? Oh, my gosh.
1: Not because I don't want to. I think when it came out, it just and then I never actively went back to see it. I mean, I know the premise, you know, I know. It's 500 days of this girl named Summer. And he she was like, I don't want a relationship. And he's like, but maybe I'll change her mind.
0: Yeah, there, there's a whole thing about when you rewatch it, like later on as an adult with. Um, oh, and, and he's the villain because she was very upfront and clear about everything. Like, I don't want a relationship. I don't want this long term. And he did try and try and try and then he's angry when she finds somebody that she does, like, want huh. that with. And, yeah. and he's and he's just, like, beyond.
1: But I guess when the movie came out and the, the demographic that it was tapping into, everybody was thinking Summer was the bad yeah. guy.
0: Yeah, because why wouldn't you want this adorable man? You know, it's um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yeah. Like, we love him. Like, he's wonderful. Uh, why wouldn't you want that man? But, like, now—and he has even come out and said— like on social
1: media, like I was the villain, like I was right. the, like, that's how it was played. Well, that's even like with, you know, on something smaller with friends. And I know you haven't really watched the show, but um, Ross and Rachel, the big conversation when the show came out and, and I wasn't it came out in the early 90s. So I definitely wasn't watch. I, I've watched it through reruns. I wasn't watching it, you know, when it first came out um, where the huge conversation was. Ross and Rachel were on a break, you know, and they were on a break. So Ross went and slept with somebody else. And then Rachel found out and everybody was like, Oh my gosh, team Rachel, team Rachel. But now all these years later, and they just did a reunion on HBO, like a reunion special. Everybody was like, no, like they, they weren't in a relationship together. Like, ross isn't the bad guy and again that comes with being able to take a step back and being adults and rewatching things from a different view which again is like kind of the premise of some like some of the things that we're covering in this podcast of you know like things that we would have been completely immersed in looking at looking at this these conversations from our lived experience since then it's just it, it that's kind of
0: Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I
1: really, I really
0: love this podcast is because we're able to do that and like re-examine all these things from like our perspective. I mean, that's the whole premise of it. That's like our trailer. Like.
1: That's how it started off. And then of course we're going to fangirl because why would we not love something without being super passionate about it?
0: Yeah, for real. So like, I guess, (laughs) I guess reflecting is important. And if you do love these two books, like good on you you are allowed to love whatever you want right like we're not shaming it just for us this does not hit home for us in any way shape or form
1: and i think just to 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 reverse what we said earlier in this episode where we said you know what this isn't the target audience this isn't for us you you can have that you know respectful discourse of saying you know what i really loved the book i am interested in hearing your opinions of why, you know, listening to us, why we might not have liked it. On the flip side of that, I really would like to, I would love to, and we've said that, like, and I don't mean it in a way where it feel like, oh, how can you like this? I'm going to chastise somebody. No, there, there has to be a takeaway that made people like this so much. And I, I am curious. That doesn't mean it's going to shift my opinion of my experience with these books so far. But it is, it would be interesting to understand why like what was it that really struck struck you as a as a reader
0: because there are so many options right and and so many other books that kind of handle these things differently uh in and in I'm not going to say better ways but just just like different ways and i guess you know we love strong powerful women we like men who let women make their own choices and live their own lives and that's just not what we see here and that's probably you know a big part of our frustration. So yeah, I I don't know. I've been so angry all week just reading this book. So I am glad that we are done with it. I am glad that I do not have to listen to the narrators.
1: Yeah, but I feel like you're going to read it. And it's going to be a hard thing to read through. Like you're going to read because you're going to be frustrated. You're going to read five pages, put it down, do like a couple hour scrolls on TikTok, go back, for, still be bored, and you find something else that's going to be more entertaining. And the difficult thing is, whereas you could be frustrated reading, you could still multitask. Like I know you've probably played your games or you had like something else going on in the background or packing whatever you have going on. You're you have to sit down. And put time into the reading um with this one, and it was already a struggle with the audiobook. so I feel like that's oh you can't read it fast enough.
0: I am so excited for you. I cannot wait to hear your opinions with the audio. I cannot. I am so stoked
1: I, you know I just I know all I know, and you've left I'm kind of going I. I'm going into the audio blind, except that I know you don't do not like the male narrator. You won't tell me if it's because of his cadence, if there's some accent, if there's different inflictions on things that he says. You'll know right away.
0: <laughs> right away,
1: you'll you will know exactly what I mean. Like a paragraph in, you'll be like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh no! Well, I felt. Who did I? I really felt that way about a recent series that I was reading, where it was fun, it was light. I wasn't expecting it to be this huge thing, but then it started. It's it was being read from a male perspective, and it was it was the the retelling that yeah, I, was I know what about. you're talking I'm being about. Super, yeah. I'm being super vague right now. I, I know. know intentionally. Um, and the male one, I go. What is this? This is supposed to be a really hot, sexy guy. And I am not getting that from this audio. And there's going to be a, another perspective coming out in the winter or something. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read the book because I cannot be tortured having to deal with that narrator again. And I know that I know that was why. And I think that was the first time where I go, oh. This this is what Flora meant with the narrator.
0: Yeah, you've got you've got to you got to have good narrators. If you don't have good play. narrators,
1: oh, and I've and I, I'm probably I'm sure I've probably I definitely have sent some to Rachel uh, of like the type like the the fan cast or like how you imagine this character and imagining him like the, like these like Jason Momoa type people and I got this little Tober Grace like. <laughs> audio going on. I don't need Eric Foreman narrating my shit. It was just vastly different.
0: No one needs Eric like Foreman.
1: Right
0: Donna didn't even need Eric Foreman. Let's just no. put that out
1: there. No. <laughs> uh, but you know what? You know what Donna was? She was, a, she was a feminist icon in the 70s. She was about that shit. She was strong and powerful and she would eat people, like, eat men for breakfast. Ugh.
0: And she waited for him. Ugh. Yeah, I, I will say, I do really enjoy that seventy show, but I feel like the last season shouldn't exist.
1: I pretend the last season doesn't exist. Yeah,
0: no. And I like Jackie and Hyde together, personally. But that that's me.
1: I do like them. I love that Jackie and Hyde are together. And <laughs> this, show, this totally took a different turn. I love that Jackie and Hyde are together. I do like, but I still like the fact that Jackie and Kelso are together in real life. Oh, yeah, no,
0: no doubt. I no love doubt.
1: that Jackie and Kelsey are together in real life, but compat- I like that Hyde put, like, didn't let her get away with her shit. Yeah. I really liked that.
0: We are that Sunday show fans, just <laughs> throwing that out there. Um, so clearly we're done. We're done. We're obviously. <laughs> we're, we're, already... we're done. We're done. We're uh, done. Jess, <laughs> final thoughts.
1: Oh, I have to do it again. <laughs> that's
0: my final thought. Like, oh, my God. One more. <laughs> one more. One more.
1: I have to waste my audible credit yep, well,
0: you know <laughs> you did too. So. I did too. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. I mean, what else is there to say? I think we I think we've said it all. Um not fans. if you are a fan, please let us know why you love this in a like respectful like conversation. like let's have a nice discourse kind of situation. Um, we're not like gonna shit on you and please don't shit on us. I would really genuinely like to know what you love about this because maybe if we know why someone loves this, we can see it from a different perspective.
1: I 100% agree. I think it's I think it's necessary to understand. We always talk about, like, different lived experiences, different shared experiences, and even when you have different points of views in the books, you know, I think of – I'll just say Akasif for the sake. You have people who can at least say, you know what, I might not like Nesta – you know, but I don't hate her like I used to because you have a different perspective. And that's really what it is. It's like understanding, you know, we all have had different lived experiences. So maybe you haven't had the same ones that Laura and I have had. So you're going to be reading this at, at, at like your your vision's going to be skewed differently.
0: Yep. Yep. Lovely. Beautiful way. Beautiful way <laughs> to to to
1: end it. So feel free to follow us on Instagram at Acafe Podcast. We're also on TikTok at Acafe Laura and Acafe Jessica.
0: And thank you so much for listening. And we will be back next week with our fantastic conclusion to our experience. No, I don't
1: think it's next week. <laughs> but we'll, it, it's in the coming weeks. We'll go for it. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Have a good one.
0: Bye.